very warm good evening to you from me, Father Emil. Yes, welcome to As the Sun Sets. It's always great to be with you, and I hope you've had a wonderful day, a bit of a cloudy day in Johannesburg, and no doubt in some areas you've had a bit of rain. Always, always welcome. Anyway, welcome. Drive home carefully. Get home safely. Know that your loved ones are waiting for you there, and I hope you're going to have a wonderful, restful evening. So let's begin, as we always do, by asking the Lord to be with us. O God, come to our aid. O Lord, make haste to help us. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Alleluia. I am the vine, and you are the branches living. And you will never die I am the vine And my Father is the keeper Come to me Let the Spirit bring you life Like a tree Planted by the living water To stretch its roots Into the living stream You will show no distress In the heat of the drought But still
fairest of the children of men, and graciousness is poured upon your lips. Psalm 44, the Royal Wedding Song. My heart overflows with noble words. To the king I must speak the song I have made, my tongue as nimble as the pen of a scribe. You are the fairest of the children of men, and graciousness is poured upon your lips, because God has blessed you forevermore. O mighty one, gird your sword upon your thigh. In splendor and state, ride on in triumph for the cause of truth and goodness and right. Take aim with your bow, in your dread right hand. Your arrows are sharp, peoples fall beneath you. The foes of the king fall down and lose heart. Your throne, O God, shall endure forever. A scepter of justice is the scepter of your kingdom. Your love is for justice and your hatred for evil. And therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness above other kings. Your robes are fragrant with aloes and myrrh. From the ivory palace you are greeted with music. The daughters of kings are among your loved ones. On your right hand stands the queen in gold of Ophir. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. You are the fairest of the children of men, and graciousness is poured upon your lips. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out and meet him. Listen. O daughter, give ear to my words. Forget your own people and your father's house. So will the king desire your beauty. He is your lord. Pay homage to him. 
and the people of Tyre shall come with gifts. The richest of the people shall seek your favor. The daughter of the king is clothed with splendor, her robes embroidered with pearls set in gold. She is led to the king with her maiden companions. They are escorted amid gladness and joy. They pass within the palace of the king. Sons shall be yours in place of your fathers. You will make them princes over all the earth. May this song make your name forever remembered. And may the peoples praise you from age to age. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out and meet him. God planned to bring all things together under Christ when the fullness of time had come. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before Him. He destined us in love to be His sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of His will, to the praise of His glorious grace, which He freely bestowed on us in the Beloved. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of His grace, which He lavished upon us. He has made known to us, in all wisdom and insight, the mystery of His will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ. His purpose he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. God planned to bring all things together under Christ when the fullness of time had come. Our Gospel reading today from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 2, verses 18 to 22. One day, when John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting, some people came and said to Jesus, Why is it that John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not? And Jesus replied, 
Well, surely the bridegroom's attendants would never think of fasting while the bridegroom is still with them. And as long as they have the bridegroom with them, they would not think of fasting. But the time will come for the bridegroom to be taken away from them, and then on that day they will fast. No one sews a piece of unshrunken cloth on an old cloak. If he does, the patch pulls away from it, the new from the old, and the tear gets worse. And nobody puts new wine into old wineskins. If he does, the wine will burst the skins, and the wine is lost, and the skins too. No, new wine, fresh skins. Well, today in the Gospel of Mark, we continue Jesus having his conflicts with the scribes and the Pharisees. On Saturday, we had him having dinner with sinners, something which the, the Jewish people wouldn't, wouldn't tolerate at all. Um, today, we have Jesus interacting with the disciples of the Pharisees and so on, all about fasting and so on. So these last few days and tomorrow, they're all about issues, about the Sabbath, about fasting and, and so on that Jesus takes issue with, uh, with the scribes and the Pharisees. So he's really challenging the uh, practices, the rituals, the laws of the Jewish people at the time. And, and today he makes this, this very, very pertinent remark at the end of the gospel, which I think is so really very apt for our times, and indeed for any time at all. And speaking about sewing a piece of unshrunken cloth onto an old cloak, of course, nowadays we'd never dream of doing anything like that unless you go to make an old quilt or something. But nowadays, if something gets so old, we just throw it away and buy something new. But in those days, they would have uh, sewn a bit of cloth onto an old cloak and tried to patch up the, the, the hole that was there. And, and people knew, of course, in those days, too, that people were making wine, that they wouldn't put new wine into old wineskins, because if they did that, they knew the wine would be lost and the skins as well. So Jesus is using a very apt example, and he always uses uh, little examples and images and all these sorts of things that people can understand and say, hey, Jesus, you are right. Of course we won't put new wine into old skins. Of course we won't sew a piece of unshrunken cloth on an old cloak because if we do that we know exactly what's going to happen. And Jesus takes what is known and appreciated in the minds of his listeners and he applies that to their practices. Now today they come to Jesus and they challenge Jesus. They're challenging him on the issue of fasting. Because John's disciples were fasting, the Pharisees were fasting. So fasting was, was a very important thing. And it still is for lots of people that fasting is a praiseworthy practice. Um, but when fasting becomes a kind of law unto itself, when it becomes the 
the, not just the means, but the end, that you must fast, then Jesus takes issue with this. And he says, now look, this is not so important. Not that important, because let's have a look at the context in which we are. If you go to a wedding, nobody's got to fast when the bridegroom is there. You're going to celebrate. And of course, Jesus is likening the situation to himself being the bridegroom with his disciples there. So he says, while I'm around, we're not going to fast. When I'm gone, they will be fasting. So he's taking the whole issue of fasting and he's just turning it around like a diamond and trying to get people to see different aspects of fasting. And then, and then he takes that understanding and he speaks about it in terms of old wineskins and, uh, and, and sewing on an old um, uh, unshrunken cloth and an old cloak and so on. Now, I think it's, it's very apt for us today that we look at our own the practice of her own faith today. We know, well, some of us do at least, <laughs> what it was like before, for example, the Vatican Council, how the Council has changed things over the years. But we mustn't only focus on the Vatican Council. We can go back on into all the councils down through the history of the Church. They all took issue. Every council took issue with something that was a vital issue, a vital matter at the time might have been the humanity of Christ, might have been the position of Mary in the church, all sorts of things. And right down through the ages, all the councils of the church took particular issues of the time that people were grappling with, defined it, and made it part of our faith. And so that today when we uh, profess our faith, we are professing things that have been defined and clarified down through the ages. And there would have been people in those days down through the ages who would have been like many people today who say, I don't want to accept the changes which have been brought about by the Vatican Council. Well, whether it was the Council of Nicaea or the Council of whatever down through the ages, there would have people who would have said exactly the same about those councils. So I'm not perturbed about people. I'm concerned that the people grapple with issues, for example, of trying to make the church and the message of Christ relevant to the church of today. And I think that's what we have to do. We've got to take the purity of the gospel and the, the, the relevance of the gospel message and apply it to our lives today. And that, I think, is so important. And it's sometimes not that easy. Because sometimes we are challenged. I mean, just a little thing, for example, about the use of Latin. There are some people who make a big issue about Latin, just as many people in the day of Jesus made a big issue about fasting. Now, we have to ask ourselves, what is the, the purpose of our fasting? What is the purpose of our Latin, for example? I mean, it's all lovely to, to, to hear singing in Gregorian chant, and I love Gregorian chant and so on, but it's not an end in itself. It's not... Uh, the reason why we uh, are Catholics, that we pray in Latin or anything like that. So uh, we, we have to see that and ask ourselves, is it important for us to hold on to something like Latin as it would have been for people holding on to something like fasting and making fasting so important? And Jesus is saying, come, come, my friends, listen, let's have a look at the issue of fasting. Let's have a look at the issue of what we are doing today. What we would hold on to is the truth. And the truth is what is important, not 
the Latin or not the fasting or not this little custom or that ritual and so on, but what is the truth beneath what we believe in and what we are practicing today. And that's the issue about the unshrunken cloth on a new cloak. That's the issue of new wine in old skins. And so if we're going to bring about the new creation, if we're going to bring about a situation where Jesus is going to be relevant in the world today, maybe we have to look at the world in which we live and look at the truth of the gospel and try and see in and through prayer and dialogue and so on, how we can marry all these things so that the church can truly be relevant today and address the issues of the day, bringing people joy and hope and peace and challenge and so on. So one is not throwing everything out. One simply saying, what is the truth and how can we apply the truth to our modern times? And, my friend, that is something that is so difficult yeah, it is very difficult. So let's pray that the Lord will give us the grace and the wisdom to do that to the best of our ability. Let my prayer come before you, O Lord. Let it rise in your presence like incense. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Let my prayer come before you, O Lord. Let my soul proclaim your greatness forever, O my God. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked with favor on his lowly servant, and from this day, all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me. Holy is his name. He has mercy on those who fear him in every generation. He has shown the strength of his arm. He has scattered the proud in their conceit. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones and has lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and has sent the rich away empty. He has come to the help of his servant Israel, for he has remembered his promise of mercy, the promise he made to our fathers, to Abraham and his children, forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Let my soul proclaim your greatness forever, O my God. Now let us give thanks to Christ our Lord, who loves and cherishes his church. Be near us, Lord, this evening. Lord Jesus, grant that all people may be saved and come to knowledge of the truth. Protect Pope Francis and Booty our Bishop and all the bishops who at this time are gathered together in plenary session wrestling with the problems of today. Help them, Lord, in your strength and mercy. Support those who meet with difficulty and disappointment. Renew their confidence and their sense of purpose. Christ, our loving Lord, in your kindness, be with the sick and the poor, the weak and the dying. Bring them your comfort and your strength. 
We commend to you all those who, in their lifetime, shared in the sacred ministry. Let them praise you forever in heaven. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. All-powerful God, since you have given us, your unworthy servants, the strength to work throughout this day, accept this evening's sacrifice of praise as we thank you for your gifts. And we make our prayer through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit as God forever and ever. Amen. And now may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down upon you and remain with you always.
Beautiful, beautiful hymn there. Be still for the presence of the Lord. Liam O'Kane, Treble and Libera, Robert Prizman. It's a bonus track from Cardiff Millennium Concert. Lovely, lovely CD entitled Songs of Praise. Well, the time is now going on for six o'clock. In a moment, we'll be celebrating and uh, praying the Angelus, as we always do at this time. And then after that, we pray the Rosary once again, a prayer that so many people love. But thank you so much for joining me at this time. It's always lovely being with you from half past five to six o'clock. And for me, just to accompany you on your way home. I know that many of you are already at home. You're sitting there uh, praying with me. And now you're going to be having your supper. Go and put the food on the stove or whatever it is you're going to be doing. But thanks for being with me. It's always lovely being with you. And stay tuned to Radio Veritas. Enjoy the programs. And so for now from me, Father Emil, it's good night and God bless.